This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back, listening to Militantly Mixed. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mix, a podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, and this is the first week of Women's History Month. And I am going to pretend like I was super smart about this and hella strategic and that I planned this the whole time, but this month's guests all happen to be mixed race women podcasters. I recently joined a WOC podcasting resources and support group on Facebook and through generic conversations about podcasting things, it became obvious that there was a few mixed race women on that platform. And so I reached out to them to invite them over to my show. And it just so happened to stack up that I have enough of them to include in this month. So that's what we're going to do. The theme of this Women's History Month for Militantly Mixed will be mixed race women podcasters. So we're going to get into, we got some good stuff. We're going to talk about race, obviously, and our own personal identities and how we roll that into our podcasting. We're going to talk about our podcast. We're going to try to glow up and grow up together in support of these endeavors of the amazing mixed race women that I have for this month's shows. So I'm looking forward to that and I'm excited to share that with y'all. But before I do that, it has been a couple weeks since I've had a proper militantly mixed intro the last couple episodes, or at least a few of the episodes last month, I just kind of jumped right in because the people that I had spoken to, I either knew well or well-ish or spoke to a little bit more regularly. They, you know, they're people that are kind of in my life in one way or another. So we just kind of jumped in without the intro because I felt like it was already going to be, I already had the background and the rapport with those folks to just kind of jump in. So this is, so it's been a few weeks since I did my normal Patreon shout out and, um, and sort of talking about what's going on in I guess my so I'm gonna do a little bit of that to catch up with y'all and then we'll jump into today's show. So this last couple of weeks have been a little bit tough. This last month actually has been kind of tough for me personally. Um, for those of you who do listen to all of my shows or may be aware that I have uh, five Star Wars extended universe named cats and that they're my whole world and I love them more than almost all of humanity and uh, two of them my older boys have been really sick lately we had to go to the hospital emergency room a couple times so it's been a kind of tough month um, because of their procedures and all that kind of stuff I can't really afford everything that they need to get them better so it's been kind of tough to be on for podcasting and keep up on all my shows and everything while also dealing with this because I can feel anything that happens to my cats I just feel like you know crumbling and falling apart so I've been trying to stay up on it I hope that the the content and the quality of my shows hasn't reflected sort of what's been going on in my life but I'm doing my best to try to keep up on everything and keep everything going because I definitely don't want to slow down and this this is one of the things that gives me life on a weekly basis but yeah it's been a little bit tough so I think I've slowed down a little bit on um, social media posting and, and all that kind of stuff because of what I got going on, um, but I will try to keep up on it. Just know that I'm still here. I'm still mixed as fuck. I'm still podcasting my big old butt off, and I'm just trying to make sure that I balance everything that I got going on and try to keep um, paying close attention to my mental health trying to have some self-care, things like that. Because I will say that at present, where I'm at mentally in my life, I feel a little overwhelmed. So I'm going to keep trying. The other thing is I've been hella busy. I have been invited, luckily, I've been invited to be a guest or a participant on a number of different podcasts uh, recently. So for those of you who have been with me a while, you've probably heard me talk about Why So Serious before. Um, I've been on that show a number of times. And uh, and actually this month in particular, I think I was on the show like two or three times. And I've been a guest on actually Blurred Comics, both uh, Blurred Vision and myself have been guests on uh, Take a Knee for Marvel vs. DC. That episode aired this last week. So if you want to hear me and my co-host on the other show talk about comics and other blurred things, go ahead and download that that episode. It's an open mic episode of Take a Knee for Marvel vs. DC. And that was hilarious. That was a fun night. 
a really good night to have after you've had such a tough month. And then yesterday, I was a guest on the Old Man Wade show, which is another blurred show out there. And we started in talking about a couple of things and ended up going off on crazy or we started out with a plan to talk about certain things but we ended up going off a tangent we had a good old time I think we ended up talking for like three and a half hours so he is splitting what was supposed to be one episode with me into two <laughs> episodes with me next week um, so those should come out soon as well so I've just been really lucky to be invited as a guest on several shows uh, to talk about things that I really love to talk about which is race and comic books and yeah, that's pretty much my whole life. Race, comic books, and cats. That's all I talk about. Um, I've also been a guest on, and I'm not sure when these episodes are going to air, um, but I've been a guest on Fear and Desire with Issa Rory. Um, he and I have been chatting about, he's in the UK and I'm here in the US, so we've been chatting in the wee hours of the night about race and marriage and um, family and comic books and all kinds of things and then most recently uh, because he in our throughout our conversation he learned about me being polyamorous he had more questions about that so we've been sending each other questions and audio clips about um, polyamory as well so um, so yeah he's going to cut those into an episode soon and I'll be able to let y'all know when I'm on that uh, so oddly enough on this show you mostly hear about my my racial side of my life you don't often get to hear about my uh, bisexual polyamorous side or my atheism or anything like that my comic books <laughs> you know my filmmaking or anything like that but I talk about those topics on almost everybody else's show but my own um, and also on blurred comics as well so if you do feel like you don't know me as well as you know my guests here on Militantly Mixed, you can check out some of those other shows and you'll learn a lot more about me than you get on this show. Um, it's just nice to know that you can like develop these relationships with other podcasters and, um, and actually like have real connections with folks that are interested in the same types of things you are but because I'm sort of an ambivert and don't often like to be in the presence of people um I get to be social and not be in person social it's awesome um so I've made some really good friends in podcasting okay so that was a whole lot of stuff about me and things that I've been up to um but that's not necessarily what militantly mixes about so let's get into today's episode uh, today's episode, my guest is Jackie O. She is the host of the Start This Podcast, a platform for grassroots experts by education and or experience. She covers all sorts of topics. Um, it's basically a open discussion with a, a person who is either an expert by education or by personal experience in any type of topic that has to do with what's going on in the world today, addiction, mental illness, adoption, birth control, DNA, um, race, sexuality, politics, all kinds of stuff. She covers all sorts of topics. And um, she is she is of Indonesian and Jewish ethnic heritage, but she also has a cultural upbringing or, or a additional upbringing in her life with a Colombian heritage as well. Her father was... Um, fully Jewish ethnic wise, but was raised in a family of Colombian folks. And so they have that element of transracialness in their family as well. And then she is also married to a mixed race person. So she is a mixed race woman married to a mixed race man who has mixed race children. And she grew up with a father who is transracial. So she, she's just checking off a whole lot of boxes for me in this show. And it was really fun to, to get to chat with her. I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with you. But before I do that, and since I haven't done it in a while, just a reminder that Militantly Mix is a fan-sponsored podcast, and with your support, it helps us to continue to grow and achieve the goals of building this community of mixed race people around the world. Uh, right now, there are two ways in which you can sponsor the show. You can go to patreon.com slash militantly mix and donate on a monthly basis. And there are different reward levels depending on what level of sponsorship you're willing to participate in. 
And if you would like to hit us with a one-time only donation or just kind of a sporadic, I'll get you here, 10 bucks here, 5 bucks there, $1 there, you can also go to our paypal.me slash militantlymixed page and drop us a couple of bucks there. Uh, the way I view this in terms of the way I donate to podcasts is really just like if the podcast gives me life or gives me education or gives me something that I don't have elsewhere, um, it is free entertainment and I want them to know that I appreciate their support. So I drop a couple books here and there. If Unless they have a Patreon, there are a couple of shows that I do sponsor on Patreon as well. Um, and it's just, it's a good way to help the podcaster keep things going. As I've mentioned before, with the current sponsorship that we receive, we are able to cover our hosting fees. Uh, so that allows my show to be uh, broadcast on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and YouTube um, and all the major podcast platforms that are out there. I know there's a number of them that I never list, but it's just because my RSS feed shoots it out to all of these places. Um, and so that's really invaluable for me in terms of my efforts. It does help a lot in, in terms of uh, getting things out there to y'all. And for anything additional that we receive, that's just banking and, and saving it up to help us improve our audio quality and everything like that, production value and stuff. I have been able to upgrade my upgrade my microphones and recently I've had to upgrade my editing softwares because I was rocking some software from 2012 that I was holding on to for dear life. Um, and so it's with the sponsorship of the show that, that, that I am able to do that and I'm very, very appreciative of it. Thank you to the folks that are sponsoring us and yeah, so that's it. Let's get into today's episode because I've been blabbering on long enough. Let's hit it. So this week we are joined by Jackie O. She is a fellow mixed race podcaster. And why don't you tell everybody about yourself? Let us know about your ethnic background and everything like that. And we'll get into it. Okay. So, hey, I'm Jackie. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> hey. Uh, that is J-A-C-Q-U-I. No, I did not choose to spell it that way. My family <laughs> gave it to me that way. Uh, and um, But, you know, I own it. And, and my mix, my mother is Indonesian, my father is Jewish, and I am, like like we said, a uh, host of another podcast called Start Dis. It's the Start Dis podcast. And uh, yeah, so that's the intro. <laughs> All right. Um, so we connected through a like a shared women of color podcaster group or whatever. And I forget what our triggering conversation was. But I know that whenever somebody says something and anything, I'm just like, oh, can I talk to you? <laughs> so whatever it was, you said something that made me ask you if it was cool for me to message you off uh, offline or whatever. Um, but we have gotten a chance to talk already. So I know a little bit about you. But I um, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience sort of what it was like kind of coming up as a as a mixed Indonesian Jewish kid. And then you also mentioned the the kind of different dynamic with your your father in that he he is slightly transracial. He was later in life raised by a family of a different culture. So why don't we get into that? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of layers there. And let me just say I I don't exactly remember the the tick that we had either to connect um but but something that I was really I was really leery about in in joining and this is something that uh, that is rooted in my childhood, but something that in joining uh, any any person or woman of color group, it makes me nervous because um, because I'm not black, and so uh, I think right. that there's a misconception that you have to be, and and that there's not uh, some you know that I I don't know I've had that uh, I got you in my life you know so it's it's like it it was uh, it was nerve wracking for me to to enter the the group that we met in and mm -hmm. but at the end of the day like nobody has given me any grief about anything no. and it's been really supportive and you know you guys are all above that level where it's beyond that um you know you guys know yeah you don't it, it's beyond that so that's just my that was my own insecurity coming into the group right i feel like it's it's primarily through white people that you know <laughs> sorry white people um, that, you know, they tend to kind of blanket like women of color and mean black when they say, you know, mean black woman when they say it. But it to me, it's always been the way 
especially as a mixed person, that I've distinguished myself from being full black. Like if I'm talking about being black, I'm just talking about being black right now. But I'll say about people that are non-black POCs, I'll say that non-black POC or or non-black WOC or something like that. But I find it's interesting that you say that because I find that also with the term mixed because, you know, I call my my show militantly mixed because I think of myself as militantly mixed, but it's harder for me to find guests that are non-black mixes because primarily people hear the word mixed and they think black and white mix. They don't think it's any other kinds of racially mixed folks. So um, it's interesting that you brought it up because I do think that that is a weird thing that people have put on these phrases or these words or titles and don't quite get that. Like, this is the best way we can make sense of (laughs) separating. I was about to say separating us from white folks, but that's not quite how I think of it. Distinguishing us as women that are also that are intersectional, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. That works. Yeah. And (laughs) And and I know that that phrase intersectional has been uh, I don't want to say exploited, but just really used a lot. But I I like it. Um, I think it fits how I feel. So to answer your question about when I was a kid, I have <laughs> I have a little anecdote um, that I've shared with people close to me, but I've never shared publicly. And um, so something that I've actually been corrected on recently, like I said, I'm totally open to, you know, share my own bias in being mixed myself and just like navigating that and understanding that. Um, But I was corrected in that I'm actually not first generation here. I'm second generation here. So um, I think I told you that (laughs) before. Mm. Uh, So so I was born here in America. I am American. I'm an American citizen. My mom is not. The rest of my family is not, right. actually. <laughs> so. so you're kind of like me in that you're, half of your family makes you first generation and the other half makes you second generation. So like, what do you align yourself with, I think is is kind of it, right? Right. And it's, it, you know, it's it's complicated, but I'm, I'm trying to understand, you know, like, okay, yes, I was, I was born here, just to be clear. I was born in Seattle. So, um, you know, uh, that gives some good context because I feel like if there's some listeners out there in Seattle, it's a pretty common. It's a pretty common mix uh, to have white and Asian or Jewish and Asian, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, really anything in Asian up there, to be honest. Uh, but when uh, when I was small, I was able to read. I knew. I know that. So um, I was a really big snoop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like ruined Santa Claus for myself and everything. Nice. So uh, yeah, right. And this was before Santa. This is before I ruined myself for Santa. But I was snooping in my mom's room, and I think she had asked me to get something out of there. I don't remember what, but you know, I was I was going through her stuff. And I had found a picture of her. Now, I'm probably seven years old. And all I see is I thought my life turned into a movie at this point. It's a green picture of my mom. And it says alien on it. And I freaked. I bet. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my God, my mom's an alien. And I remember keeping it to myself for, like, a couple days, you know. I don't really know how long it was, but just... Like really thinking my life was turned upside down and um, this is real. You know, you see this on cartoons and in the movie, but this is really happening to me, you know? Yeah. And it's a green card. So, you know, like it's it's a literal green card right. that says alien with my mom's face on it. And I am just like interpreting that as how do I approach my mom about this? What is she going to do? You know, uh, take me back to her home planet. Like, right. right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do you remember how old you were? You were like maybe five or I something? Was, yeah, I was probably six. I mean, I knew I knew how to read. So I was, you know, around that age. I knew I knew how to read that. Mm-hmm. And I finally had to tell my mom. And I remember I don't remember exactly how it went. But I was just like, hey, I found this. What the heck? Like, you right. gotta be honest with me. And uh, then she explained to me what that really meant. And you know, at the time, you don't really understand. Right, but yeah, that was jarring to me as a child. <laughs> oh my God. So that shows how American I really am. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because you don't even think like that was a term that was used. And, and it's funny because I'm, I'm kind of thinking about so like you, I'm on my well, I'm second generation American in that both of my grandmothers are uh, have immigrated here from other places and and stuff. And they they were a big part of who raised me. So um, I kind of feel like first generation because I had like direct um, upbringing from them. But and then both of my grandfathers are American. But I, 
I know with my Japanese grandmother more than my my British grandmother, the words alien or oriental, all of these outdated ideas were still a part of her life and a part of her world because of when she came to America. Whereas with my Caucasian grandmother, my British grandmother, she was basically a American who happens to have a British accent. Like they didn't, they didn't put her through any of the things that they put my Japanese grandma through to become an American citizen. So I, so yeah, like I can imagine how jarring that is to see those words when you're little, see those words on a, on a green card and you'd be like, I mean, you probably had all kind of crazy questions. Like the picture is green because the card is green. So is my mom covering something up? You know, like there's probably all kinds of crazy questions that you had as a little kid. I really, I literally thought my mom was an alien from space for a weekend. Like I was terrified and um, you know and then like she explains it to me but that's um something that you had asked me uh when when we were pre-funking was like you know like what was a fly for you and it was for me because because of being first or second generation whatever the right term is here is um that I didn't uh that my grandparents you know my mom was very uh you're gonna speak English you're gonna be American like Mm -hmm. that's it right Mm -hmm. um but she would speak on the phone to my grandparents and like then they would speak to me and at this point they're trilingual so they're speaking indonesian they're also speaking dutch um because indonesia is a colony um of the dutch and uh something else that uh when i was you know i've been really excited to do the show with you and so I was just like thinking um, about on, and I'll get to the Jewish side. Don't worry about it. But uh, the on my Indonesian side, we've been mixed on that side since Pippin's been Pippin since Pippin. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. So I think I went back about six or seven generations to track. Actually, um, I mean, and I had this mm. for a while, but it goes back to that's how when the first mix actually like happened to happen um and how did that play out culturally for them do you know well to i mean nothing compares to 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 how you know slavery has played out in the u.s but that's how what i would compare it to is just you know a white guy with a native woman and it's a forbidden love type you know not supposed to be not not a you know not a bad thing just a forbidden love type thing and and then the bird and the fish type analogy right and that just kept happening and happening and you know then this gets thrown in and that gets thrown in but essentially at the end of the day it all was happening in indonesia so Mm. you know what i haven't taken a dna test Um, so yeah, I was just thinking, but you would, you could be probably certain that there's actual Dutch people earlier, like six, six or seven generations back in addition to the native people and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Is, it, is it beyond just the Dutch? Because w- weren't the French there for a while too? Yeah. Um, and, and it gets mixed, but because, uh, because my grandfather was in the Dutch Indo war over there, um, mm-hmm. that's that's when it got when the racial stuff gets charged so you hear the words like mixed breed that's not okay to say in, in right. to indos uh or to my family like that's that's not let's a, just keep the word like, breed term. out of us altogether. <laughs> i mean every time yeah. every time you yeah. hear mixed breed half breed mongrel all that oh like yeah. let's just yeah. stop people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it gets into that. But um, but my family on that side had a Dutch name all the way through. So you think of it just like a, a slave name, you know. Um, Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, honestly, so it, my my mom and my dad, they hyphenated my name. So I had the Dutch name and I had the Jewish name together. And uh, mm. it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pain in the ass in school and my mom worked for the airlines and um and so I would fly for free but the the stipulation was you had to fly standby and they would call your name out on the speaker right and because my name was 16 letters long and foreign sounding you know they are ready they are looking for a terrorist when they're calling my name they're like Jacqueline you know the whole right thing and i'm just like yeah it's me it's me yeah you know like especially post 9 11 that's yeah that's fun um, so that was my first little taste going back to the languages i didn't understand my grandparents mm. half the time when we were on the phone and it was i was really ashamed you know i was just like uh-huh. yeah okay so 
because they speak English, they speak Dutch, and they speak Indonesian, and they would go in and out of right. each language, and I would be like, I would be completely lost. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was the case, too, because uh, when my Japanese grandmother got here, they put her through what um, was basically yellow bride classes to Americanize them, Japanese war bride classes, and so it was like all the foreign, um, mostly primarily different Asian brides, and um, they would go to the military base, and they would learn English, and they would learn how to keep house as an American wife. But they were domestic classes. That's that's all they were. And they were told not to teach their kids Japanese because you'll confuse them and or whatever languages that the women had. That they were only to associate with other wives of white soldiers. So that so like if the other if if there was an Asian woman who happened to have married a, a black soldier, she would only be allowed in her classes. She would only be told that you can associate with um, other families where the soldier was black. Like never the twin shall meet type of thing. And it was sort of this sort of sanctioned mixedness where um, now the Japanese women were referred to as white because they married a white man or a black man. So my grandmother married a white man and she had to associate with other Asian brides who married white men. And and so to get her to speak Japanese to us was like pulling teeth because the military told her not to do it. And she was always afraid of deportation. And so she would drop Japanese words in here and there. So there are some words that, you know, I only knew in Japanese that I didn't know in English until I went to school and all that kind of stuff. But she would be paranoid about like never let white people see you talk in Japanese or even broken Japanese because then they'll send me back to Japan. Was your did your mother come here? Here through a military situation or just came here to come here no um it was more of a refugee situation okay. so first she had to go through the dutch channels because it's a dutch colony okay. but because there was such racism there because of them being mixed they came here and so it was oh. a it was actually under a sponsorship if you will oh wow yeah so they were sponsored by a church and then came out here so you know it's funny when you when you talk about that like because because my mom was that way, just, it wasn't a military thing, um, but it was like, uh, she, you know, she wanted me to speak English, and now I teach English to, to um, Asian children, but, mm. which is, you know, awesome, but it's just kind of how that manifests in my, you know, my kid days into now, but right. uh, the funny thing is that she didn't speak English very well. <laughs> oh. I mean... You know, like, sometimes it would be okay, and then I grew up saying things that just weren't right, and then I would be made fun of, and I'd be like, I have have some of that, too. (laughs) You know, yeah, like, an island, you know, in the street, that's a roundy round. (laughs) That was a roundy round on my driver's test, you know what I'm saying? Like, So there were just some, some fob mentalities and ways that came through. Also, you know... The word oriental was used in my family right and i had too. to tell them that wasn't okay same that drives me nuts i would always be like grandma oriental is a rug or a dish not a person and she'd be like that's what we call <laughs> that's it that's that's what we call and that's it you're done <laughs> like okay you're being ignorant i know fine. you don't have to be a rug or a dish like come on so you know <sighs> And I was telling you, and this is something that it confuses some people, but I'm glad I didn't confuse you. And a little later in, uh, you know, like that was when I was younger, but I had, I was in school and I was in Catholic school, which is confusing because I'm also Jewish and right. people can't mesh those together. So just for a How quick do explanation. How you stand in the same space without exploding? <laughs> Ooh, well, you stand in secret a little bit. To be honest, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, just being real, um, you know. And I told you, like, you weren't surprised because other people have like do it, you know. But I, I wasn't the only one, but I was the other one, if that makes sense. Got it. Yeah. So there were, yeah, there were two of us, and it's because both of our fathers were and our mothers weren't. So there's that line. Yeah. Uh, and also just on my family side. Uh, you know, that just, it just wasn't, you know, and my dad was kind of a black sheep anyway, but mm-hmm. not that I was totally out of it, but I was never bought mitzvahed, just to be clear. Right. And I was never baptized, just to be clear. <laughs> would, would you have been able to, because I know some sects, there is the you have to have a Jewish mother thing. Would you have been able to have a bat mitzvah if you wanted to go down that path? I think if my family would have pushed for it or I would have pushed for it, I think it would have been a possibility. Okay. I think it would have been hard. I think they would have made me fully convert. I don't think that I would have been in Catholic school anymore. Got it. Okay. But I think it would have been much easier for me to get baptized. I 
I think that because they they really pushed for that uh, when I was there. And so uh, but I never did that. I never went to Sunday school. I never was confirmed. Um, but I know my my Bible verse is pretty darn well. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, uh, Catholic school definitely influenced me in a huge, huge way. But it's like a lot of people have their opinions on what makes you Jewish and what doesn't make you Jewish. And there's a lot of layers to that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's complicated, you know. Right. <laughs> but you've had, you've had other Jewish people on here before too, right? So. Yeah, and it's come up a few times. And, and I don't know where I picked up that little nugget of information I've had about um, the Jewish mother being the, the line you trace or whatever, but it, it's just one of those things that had always stuck. And so if I do happen to have a guest that has a Jewish origin, I ask that question. Because I imagine that also adding to it that they're a mixed race person, the complications that go along with that, like if you're if you if you're allowed to be ethnically considered Jewish because you have a Jewish mother, but your father is black or Cuban, say, you know, but here you get to have on your stamp, I'm Jewish. What does that mean for your mixed identity? You know, things like that. Um, and I think in particular with Jewish people, because there's so many different ways that they're allowed to talk about race or, or like they have their own version of racism towards them. You know, there's so many complicated things that about Jewish people to me as an outsider that when you couple it with the mixedness, like, I got a bunch of questions. Let's get into it. You know, like, let's try to figure out what this would be like for you as a mixed Jewish person. It just seems well, slightly more c- complicated than like other whitish people. And I've consciously told people that I identify with being Jewish as a race. And this is why me racially, I would say I'm racially Jewish. Right. Because on the on the things that I don't do, do I do I hold Shabbat holy? No. Do I eat kosher anymore? <laughs> I did grow up kosher, um, but no, I don't eat kosher anymore. Um, but you know, did I have a bat mitzvah? No. Do I practice holidays? All of them. Do I? You all know, the Jewish and the quote unquote Christian holidays, or just all the Jewish? Yes. Okay. Both. I, I celebrate both. I grew up celebrating both. And and the reason why I go into the, the racial aspect of it is because uh, there's that's been a part of my life. Um, and uh, so my dad and my aunt, they're the only ones on their on their side. And so, of course, my aunt has, you know, if she has a child, which she does, she's full Jewish. And that's how it was treated. My dad married a, a Catholic woman. Uh, so I'm not right. Uh, but yeah. I wasn't just like outed out of the family. So, but my dad is, like I said, the black sheep. And if you ask him, he will say that he doesn't identify as Jewish at all. So, you know, as far as religious goes, religiously, and he was, he was bar mitzvah, the whole Jewish. Uh, but so basically when I went to my cousin's bar mitzvah, uh, now my, my cousin, this is a cousin from a whole different side, but the cousin who's my aunt's, so the full Jewish mm-hmm. cousin that I have, her father is Christian. So that's just so you say mix, just different sex parent, right. you know, who gets dibs, right? Yeah, it's um, so bizarre. It, it, it is bizarre, but in the, but I admire that in the Jewish culture and that it's female empowering, <laughs> you know, I, that's how I feel about it. But at the same time, uh, because race is recognized through looks, um, my first really impression of that was from my family directly. I mean, society, I got that a lot, but, uh, they thought that I, you know, I looked like that and she looked like maybe more so at the time, her, her Christian side, her mm. father's side. Mm. And there was no ifs, ands, or buts about making that clear that that was favorable. And I mean, you I can't say more Jewish ethnic. Oh yeah, Jewish. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, it was like. I felt bad for my cousin in that sense, but I also felt like I'm finally accepted. And it's such a weird thing because you don't get to be technically called Jewish, but you have the look. She doesn't have as much of the look, but she gets to be called it just by nature of the roll of the dice. Her, she happens to have a, a Jewish mother. And so like, I wonder if that would even cause conflict between you two, if you, if because other people made you aware of the preference of looking Jewish. Well, and and that's the thing is that, um, like I said, it, I don't I can't tell you verbatim what was said, but it was it was clear at the time that that was, you know, and and I know that it was my aunt and she's 
kind of a crazy person, but you know, went, uh, not, not her mom, a different one, but went into the details of it. And, um, it is some, there are some stereotypes that come out when you think Mm. about how Jewish people look. And, um, I hit more of those than I do the Asian stereotypes. And I was hit with that a lot with society as well. So as much as I can say, I'm a human and peace and love and, you know, tofu and all that stuff. Like I do love that, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, I did experience because I was open about it. And, and once I felt that, that acceptance, um, it's like that night that just being naive and, um, I experienced a lot of hate for being Jewish in high school. And I think Mm. that's why I, I wear it a lot stronger these days. Okay. So I think it was more like society's like, yep, this is you. And I'm like, yeah, hear me roar. You know what I, mean? I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was not new to me. Uh, there was a lot of jokes, but more so people think, you know, nowadays people have cameras to do this. You know, I was in high school 10 years ago, so not quite there yet. And, um, or when I graduated anyway. So, but there would be kids that didn't, and this is in Seattle where I feel like Seattle's pretty culturally like diverse and sensitive, but there's just, it's just going to show there's douches everywhere. Yeah, Uh, that maybe it wasn't so much rooted in hate, but in ignorance of they would just line the halls and pile Hitler as I'm walking down. Wow, what? Yeah. See, this happened recently in the news, right? There were some high school kids that did the Heil Hitler for a prom photo or some shit like that. And yeah, that's not new to me. Here's what I don't understand. When we learn about this, we're told the whole time, this is a a hate thing. This is, you know, they were the enemy to us, blah, 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 blah. So if this is how we are it's not like you're exposed to it and you're like, hey, that looks cool. And then later you find out that they were an enemy to us or whatever. You're learning that the entire time. So how do kids just walk around doing it like it ain't no thing? It's because uh... they grew up around thinking it ain't no thing. I just don't understand. Like, it amazes me when you can grow up in the same kind of situations as people and turn out like so completely different from them that like, yeah. it would never have occurred to me at any point. Like, oh, you know what would be funny right now? <laughs> You know, like, it would never have occurred to me. So it just, it it amazes me that that's actually something that even in the... I guess so about 10 years ago or so. So like, you know, the the teens or the, the aughts or whatever of the 2000s that y- you would be de- experiencing some shit like that. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I'm just I was like right in that sweet spot of, you know, like I don't have a phone on me every day where I'm not recording it. But yeah, it's happening. And it's it was stuff beyond that. You know, I mean, that's intimidating. But, uh, you know, it's and the thing that the thing that made it really real for me is that something something weird that I find is like where Jewish and American culture clashes with the women and the men because I take my dad's last name so like my cousin for example she doesn't have a Jewish last name oh, okay whatever but that's very identifiable that's a very common question for Jewish people to ask each other you know like what's your last name so you can show each other your papers I suppose or your right. pedigree right um but because I I grew up with a very identifiable one uh, like, like you could tell what tribe you came from just off of the name type of situation. yeah you would know it you would know I'm Jewish yeah, yeah. you would know off top so um, you know it's like okay that's that's something that like I could take my dad's last name and that's identifiable to everybody else yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. like because I'm on you know I'm a paper I you know whatever identify myself but my married last name is also a very Jewish name my husband's not Jewish but it just happens to be that way <laughs> um, so O is actually yeah O is actually a play it's not my real last name i was named after jackie kennedy jackie o um oh i see so and it's also the way i spelled it is more of a chinese you know spelling yeah sure uh, i do i do have some chinese in there like i said in that indo mix it gets really complicated but yeah but we were we were on the island until my mom was off it essentially so <laughs> got it um, but yeah so the jewish thing and uh, i do know that some of my family had suffered in the Holocaust. So I do have that tie as well. Um, You know, I I do know that for a fact. And when I was pregnant as well, I've been pregnant twice, had both my babies healthy. And uh, but there was the offering of testing for, you know, because there's only certain diseases that Jewish people can get, which is kind of defining of a race or ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah. That's because I've known some people who had to do this where both 
both spouses come from is it from the Ashkenazi side of Jewishness? Yes. Um, yeah, and they they were like, yeah, we have to go do that test today or something like that, and and that was sort of my exposure to that. There's something very specific, or or that somehow the Jewish ethnic group managed to stay so close together that that same disease didn't cross over somehow to other people, or is it just like for whatever reason these are the only people that can get this? Can a mixed person get it? From what I understand. Um, yes, I, from what I understand, it, it exists because it was such a close knit, you know, if I don't want to use the term, you know, like incestuous, I don't know that it was that, but right. you know what I mean? Because it was such a close, uh, tight knit, you know, within the community, you know, you marry within the community. And so many um, cultures or, actually do have a component of this Asian cultures, Middle Eastern cultures, uh, <laughs> where they still, you know, that maybe not, it's maybe not your first cousin or your sibling, but it might be like a fourth or third cousin or somebody that's distantly related but somehow still there like and it's not frowned upon in the way that the western society has started to do that right and even if even if i didn't even i did i never even brought that up to the doctor it was just on your paperwork so they ask and that's just how we're treated differently wow um but they also ask because of uh, you know other other situations you know but um Mm. you know it's like um so it's just the way that you're treated differently that you're like oh i identify this way because you're putting that on me and there are some good you know there are some valid reasons for it and there are some invalid reasons for it right so uh yeah um yeah Sorry, no, it's, it's well, see, that's the thing that I love about the show is, you know, you may start out kind of thinking you're going to talk about, you know, one one part and then we end up going on a tangent. But it's exposing. Well, certainly it's exposing me to things that I don't quite know. Or if I have like a glimmer of information about it, you know, that it, it gives me a chance to learn a little more. But, you know, my audience is actually fairly broad. I, I, I have the largest portion of my audience is the U.S. and Canada. But uh, and then next is like the U.K. and France. Um, I'm. I've got a, a Australian and African. I finally got into South America in the last month or so. So there's people all in Russia. For some reason, I got tons of people from Russia that are listening to it. Like shout out to mixed Russians. Um, but uh, that you would that just by us having a tangent conversation, you're exposing people all over the world to something that they may not have even thought of just generally, let alone at tacking in that there's mixedness involved too. Like it's yeah, I just love it. <laughs> It just well, t- let me pander to your Russian audience a little bit because um, that's the side that I was looking at more. You know, mm-hmm. that's my Jewish side, and I uh, so I went back. I, this is a recent thing that I did. I've I've done it on my Indonesian side because it's easier, and I I know you know like more of that side is, is more alive. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so I went back and I looked and I, I went on all these different sites and I finally I went all the way back, finally seven generations on my dad's side, all the way back to Russia. And uh, right. I always knew there was Russian. You know that my dad was like, yeah, it's Russian, it's Russian. You know, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> that's a that's a whole lot of area to cover. <laughs> um, pretty big space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but finally went back to looking at records, boat records, and it was uh, my family I had found came from Chechnya, and it was when it was I believe oh I have to correct it was like seventeen six seventeen hundreds maybe where they were actually driving out Jewish people from Chechnya at that mm-hmm. time, and that's why my family had come over here. Mm. So I think there's something to be said about in any culture that's experienced oppression and PTSD, that that can trickle down the line. Um, Right. Generational trauma is actually something that has come up on the show a few times. Um, And most recently, I, I spoke with the author of the book, Mostly White. Her name's Allison Hart. And her, it's a narrative book, but it's about four generations of mixed race women um, that are uh, African American, Native American, and Irish, and sort of the trauma that you pass down because of what you experience and and stuff like that. And then eventually, you're passing it down just through kind of osmosis. You're not even necessarily directly telling the other generations, but there's triggers that you will experience. I'm sure you know you like you said you had people that were affected by uh, or suffered in the the Holocaust, and even though that's so many generations apart from you there's something there's a trauma there that you somehow have just received from 
from everybody's historical knowledge of it, but also your family's knowledge of it, and maybe how your family maneuvered certain places that they've lived because of that caution about, you know, you don't know if it could happen again type of thing. I, I think I think there's a lot to be said about intergenerational trauma being a real thing and that it affects us like our bodies and and even how we raise our kids or, you know. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing is on my Indo side, um, most of them, if not all of them are, are here in America. So um, the trauma that happened in Indonesia or you know, that's, that's all here in America now. But uh, on the Jewish side, a lot have returned back to Israel and, um, you know, are militant over there. So, you know, um, it's, I see it going both ways on my sides. But, you know, the reason that I have this, like, and I know this is going to sound, I'm, I'm being a little vulnerable here, but uh, okay. I know I know how this may come across to some people. But um, how it, how it was for me, like growing up, is uh, another part that I want to talk about about my dad being transracial and and this side of me too is that uh, transracial. I don't really like that term, but you know we'll talk about yeah. it. Um, I always I never I never really saw the faux pas in saying I have a black best friend, like because it was true growing up. Uh, you know, and and when I uh, when we got a little older and she was finding her identity more as we both were, um, she she told me that we couldn't be friends anymore because I wasn't black mm. and she could only be friends with black people. And that broke my little heart, you know. Yeah. So when I go into that space, that's why I'm just like hesitant to go into those spaces because I'm like, that's going to happen to me again. Like, I don't you don't belong here because you're not really a part of it like that's just my little that's just the little chip on my shoulder uh, about that but uh you know uh my dad to go back to him about uh, being raised in another culture i often get confused for you know as we do as mixed people for something that we're not yeah i'm guilty of it my husband's half black half white equally we did dna test it was like right on the money Um, but when i yeah when i met him i was like you are japanese and native american i know it because that's common, right? <laughs> hey, shout out if you're out there. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but you know, like I'm, I'm guilty of that too. But he, uh, I, I get often people think that I'm Mexican. That's like number one go to right. Mexican. Um, I feel and like we all get some form of Latinx at some point. Like every every yes. mixed person I've spoken to they, at one time or another said, "Well, you know, surprisingly, I get Latin mostly." It's like, no, that's not surprising. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and and so my dad, he, um, his his mom. I never knew her, so I don't call her grandma. Cause it's kind of weird to me, you know, not to be disrespectful. But she passed away when he was twelve, mm-hmm. so right in the prime. And when she passed, my grandpa, who I know and loved, and he's passed on, and you know all that stuff. But like, um, he kind of, you know, jumped ship at that point too. So uh, mm-hmm. there was never a, an official adoption. But you know, like when you're twelve, you got that best friend. Well, that was me when. I was told that I wasn't black, so we couldn't be friends, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you have that best friend and you're like, they just took him in and, um, are still family. You know, it's, it's a generational thing again. Uh, but this family is Colombian. And so, uh, my dad is fluent in Spanish. I'm fluent in Spanish. Uh, my dad also grew up in East LA. So it's just, you know, growing up in a culture, uh, my dad would also wear, um, I just remember him growing up wearing some stereotypical like Mexican stuff, you know, that just growing up in the culture in East LA, like he was in a Colombian family, but you know, you're in Pomona. So he would have the long, long toe boots and like the tight black jeans with the big belt buckle and, you know, just the Jewish man's face and body. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, not, not the hat, but, um, so that's, you know, I just kind of grew up thinking that was, normal i mean it was though for you it was your normal it it really was and um so you know really close with with them still we're still you know it's it is family and it's a weird kind of thing you know but it's like you know it's like the whole play cousins thing and all that stuff but it's a interesting dynamic because that's something that my dad always told me too and that's something that you know the racist things through the generations but he also you're gonna you have to marry a mexican is what he told me (laughs) So not even a Colombian, a Mexican. Yes, because he knew Colombians. So that was, you know, <laughs> out of the picture. He wanted, you know, he had his he had his intentions, uh, which didn't happen for him. But um, it was more so the food than anything. But yeah. I'm not hating on Colombian food. 
<laughs> I mean, food comes up so often on the show, too, as sort of that thing that bonds you to whatever cultures you come from. And, and if you find some kind of way to, to like, mix mash your, your different foods together, it's like a, a way of feeling more complete or, or what, you know? That's funny. Yes. I, that's funny that he, he's specific to Mexican. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. And I and I had asked him why not other specific, and he gave me some, you know, other racially specific things that you know about like Guatemalans and stuff that you would probably hear a Mexican or a Colombian person say, like just because right. I just because you know within like you understand with being mixed with Japanese, right? So so you know something that I heard, um, I forget who I think it was Russell Peters, you know him, the comedian. Yeah, yeah, I think he was talking about how to differentiate the, the, the North versus Southern Asian cultures. And I forget what he said for North, but he definitely said for South, it's called jungle Asian. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. I, I know, <laughs> I think I know what set you're talking about. And I don't remember what he called um, other ones, but yeah, the even, even though I'm Japanese and, you know, I grew up with a grandmother where it was very much, our culture was very much like, we're Japanese, they're Asian. You know, that like we were different, we were special, that kind of thing. But I grew up in America around all different kinds of Asians. So even when I hear jungle Asian, even though technically there's no quote unquote jungle Asian or what they mean when they say that of Japanese, that thing rises my like stands the hair up on the back of my neck, too, because you're just like, what are where are we going with this one? Like, it's yeah, (laughs) I was like, okay, no, thank you. Well, um. You know, something interesting that happened to me later in life because it's like, you know, you're a kid and people focus on that and they're like, when did you realize it? And it, those those stories fascinate me. They really do. Like some are so simple. They're just like, well, I looked at my mom and I looked at my dad and I looked at me and it was like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you think your mom's an alien for a whole weekend, you know, I either know, way. poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I had gone, it was for an assignment that I had done and uh, I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was, I was... I was 17 or 18, so older, older. And I had gone to, I think it was for MLK Day. I'm pretty sure I had to go do something for it. But anyway, I ended up scoring tickets to go see Angela Davis at speak at one of the churches out in Seattle. So, you know, at 17, yeah, 17, I'm I'm aware, but I'm not aware of what's about, you know, right. to, to happen. Right. Right. And I'm just sitting there and I'm watching and I'm enjoying and I'm inspired and I'm ready to roll and do my thing, you know. And she had the drawing, you know, uh, to she had a drawing to win a book. And she, you know, so I put my name in the hat, just like everybody else, you know, you get a ticket. And she did the drawing. And remember what I told you about my long ass name? She's having trouble with it. And I know it's me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to go on stage with Angela Davis. What is happening right now? Like, yeah. I'm about to, like, I'm sweating, you know? And uh, she presents me with this book, and it really taught me a lot more about, like, because I'm pretty vocal on, on my side with my show about um, giving Asian women a, a platform and giving understanding the layers to being Jewish. So it's a book called Yellow, and it's by Frank H. Wu. Mm-hmm. And it was like my Bible at the time. So this was 2006 or seven. And um, in that book, I think it's a really, I, I cherish it because it was given to me by her. But um, yeah, sure. You know, but uh, it, it really goes into just those, I think with both on both of my mom and my dad's side, something that I've experienced that's the same is that it's so close to whiteness, but it's not that it's confusing for people. Yeah. And I think that book, on, at least on the Asian side, is a really good explanation of uh, what's different, what's the same, how the cultures are different, how they're the same, and like why it gets so muddled as to privilege, you know? Yeah. So it, it came at a perfect time for me as well, because within the Hispanic culture, that's also one of my biggest platforms that I do just in my, not beyond my podcast in my mm-hmm. daily life. But I spent time with uh, migrant children and migrant workers. And so um, immigration and just seeing when I tell you that I'm first generation here, my, my grandfather, he was an engineer in Indonesia um, and also a professional soccer player. And when he got here, they didn't recognize that in him. And he worked at McDonald's for 20 years. Right. Um, 
so you know just stuff like that that's God, that's what i'm really passionate about talent like this is the thing about fucking racism and and prejudice against people who come to the states that all that lost talent those opportunities that could have been beneficial to america but because it's coming packaged in a yellow or a brown face they let it go and we miss out on who knows what because they didn't allow talented people to be you know utilize them at their full potential absolutely and yet it doesn't happen really tech- with white immigrants you know i'm like i i have both sides i have a white immigrant grandmother and a japanese immigrant grandmother and the grind and the hard worker that my japanese grandma was in comparison to i never saw my british grandmother work a day in her life but i would see her criticize other immigrants for not speaking english or not speaking english properly when you yes. know it's easy for her she's an english-speaking immigrant you know um right the, right gosh it's just the, well, that wasted talent just drives me insane when i was also when i was in high school right around that time that uh i was seeing angela davis we took it my family took in a exchange student and her and i have you know just become family she's my sister i call her that but mm-hmm. um she's from holland so she's white but she's also not white she's jewish as well so okay (laughs) Uh, yeah so me and her you know get on on that but uh yeah you know she speaks again seven different languages so um the english sometimes it's funny because sometimes she still is learning it's really cute when we when we're talking and i say an idiom or something that she hasn't still heard before Mm. that is so interesting what does that mean and then i'm having to try to explain it like okay wait a minute let me try (laughs) it's really uh it's really cute but i've been worried about her too because she's she had been traveling back and forth and especially in day you know who's welcome who's not who's you know who's can you stay can you go uh it is a scary time we we have no idea what what's happening it it seems to be it seems to me it's safe to be a russian traveler um but it doesn't in terms of foreign travelers but it doesn't seem like anybody else is okay so this is the time to monopolize on my on my russian status or no something get in like get in where you fit in or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know if they shouldn't have said that out loud on the show oh well, no it's funny there's these, there's these moments of like so i always talk about myself as like a code switch ninja you know i'm japanese one minute i'm black another minute whatever i never feel white and yet i do have it's funny i'm half white white but I never feel white and I the only white person I know in my family is my British grandmother I any whiteness to me seems very foreign even though I grew up in the states and I'm surrounded by it and all that kind of stuff it's just so different from my own experience I don't know how to attach to it but I have my Becky voice you know I have my interview voice my at work voice or whatever the fuck you want to call it and I there are times when, you know, I, I talk about like, gosh, gosh, it would just be so much easier if I were darker because it, I would make a lot more sense if I were darker. Because right now, my name is Charmaine Latrice. I, you know, I'm from Long Beach. I grew up in the hood. I grew up on welfare. All of my my values and the things, the social justice element that I fight for comes from what seems to be a very black place. So if I was darker, I would make a lot more sense. You would ask me a lot less questions about what's going on with my face and my name, you know, if I, if I was darker. Uh, so I, I do, I have, that's where my baggage is, is, you know, not being dark enough is, is where a lot of my throwback baggage is. But I say things from time to time that sound, and not that I've been accused on it from listeners or whatever, but usually it's actually people who know me, you know, friends, family, my husband or whatever, where they were like, you know, you should be a little bit more careful in how you talk about whiteness or, um, you know, things like that on your show, because, you know, now that you have sort of this public presence, it, it could be misconstrued. And I'm... Uh, <sighs> I have this position that I'm like, you know what? Uh, there are things that I probably say that are absolutely pro- problematic. Sure, everybody has something, some area in which they're problematic. But if I if I if I don't say it, then there's no opportunity to correct that information. You know, someone Bingo. someone will catch it and be like, you know what? Actually, and then you know we can have a conversation, we have a dialogue, and it'll fix some of that thing. It's happened several times on on the show in which I've talked to someone who comes, you know, is is mixed race, but maybe wasn't exposed to one side of their ethnicity or another, or maybe grew up in a really small small town. Um, And so they say something and you're like, whoa, you know, especially if they're like mixed black, because that's more close to me. And I could be like, oh, I can tell that you were raised by white people. Let me help you so that you don't get the shit kicked out of you somewhere. You know, things like that come up. So I, I, I mean, 
I understand being uncomfortable, like when you when you said you're like, oops, should I have said that? But I think like that's just an opportunity right there to to be like, you know, this from the information that I have right now, here's my take. And then if it is problematic, someone could jump in and be like, well, <laughs> let's talk. Oh about yeah, that. And, you know that was just, that was just a snark. I'm like, I know I am on a ton of of blacklists and other lists and and stuff like that you know um but what you're saying and that's the bottom line and that's what i truly believe is that if you're not talking about race then you are complicit in racism a hundred percent agree plain and simple plain so (laughs) right thank you angela (laughs) (laughs) i know like i swear she's uh and the stuff that they got going on with that whole taking away her reward and then giving it back to her bullshit, like I don't even get me started. I I will I will go on and on. But <laughs> but we are coming to the end of our show. So before we do wrap up, is there any other thoughts that you want to share with the audience, Rebecca? Um, let's see. Oh, a couple things before I know that uh, this show was meant to do this. So let me just uh, make it clear that I'm talking like Obama right now. Um, that uh. <laughs> I do that. I kind of do these long pauses. Okay, first of all, I claim okay. Obama too, just Listen. a little bit because he grew up in Indonesia. Right, just, he's okay, got a half Indonesian to sister. Okay, so thank you, Obama. Mm-hmm. He can come over anytime for some tempeh. <laughs> I got you. Okay, um, <laughs> and there's probably some stuff here that wasn't like agreeable or anything, you know, or didn't wasn't reflected on your side. Or hopefully, I shed some light on something that somebody else was feeling that they never said before. So right, if that the case either way i would love to hear some feedback yeah yeah that's the so. thing that's like the the element that's kind of strange about this is in the beginning i was getting a lot like almost every week nothing went by where somebody didn't say oh da, 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 da. now i'm not getting as many responses from listeners but i am getting response well they are listeners but they're also like former guests who have who have right. stayed listening to it and they're like oh my gosh you know if you ever do a panel because i talk about wanting to do a couple panel episodes they're like get me yeah. with that person because we got stuff that we need to talk about you know things like that <laughs> um but i I love the engagement. It, it makes me feel good when someone um, inevitably, if you email me, I'm going to try to get you on the show and you'll become a part of the militantly mixed whatever militia mafia whatever we become you know spreading out that mixedness all over but like i want to hear i want to hear if someone disagrees with me too like i would love it oh gosh it would be amazing to have another person who was black japanese and white raised different from me so we could get into it and be like why are you weird you know like what's your weird (laughs) like i want to get into it so yes if um if anything in this episode has sparked a chord with anybody i hope that they do reach out uh we'll share your social media and your contact uh at the very end and I'll put it in the show notes as well, but they can also contact the show and I'll, you know, route it your direction if it if it comes through that way. Um, let me just ask, what do you love about being mixed? Since we did talk about some of the, the harder parts of mixedness, what do you love about being mixed? I didn't have an answer for this question for all week and I knew it was going to just come to me and I was being really negative about it. Aww. I kept thinking about it, you know, and I was like, negative stuff kept coming up and I was like, why? Don't be in that space. You know what I mean? You're the first person I ever prepared for the an- for the question. I've never told anybody in advance the question. It's only if they've happened to listen to the show that if they knew. Well, I have been mulling it over, and um, you know what I love about it is that I love learning more about it and just learning new things and having more than one thing to learn about. You know, I mean, just mm-hmm. not that that's bad, but just really going through like a less a lesser known avenue of you know culture and finding out new things and discovering it. That's what I love is learning new things about being mixed and both mixes separately and together. Yeah, but for me, I just kind of. <laughs> this is my mixed girl privilege I'm about to drop on you is I I always said I used to think say things like I feel bad for people who only have one culture you know like I feel bad for people who only have people who look like them and their family you know because I had what felt like a very rich and fun upbringing there's absolutely problematic parts of my family um, members of my family things like that stuff we had to hide from other sides of the family thing you know definite trauma but I got to be Japanese when I was in my grandmother's house I got to learn how to drink a pop 
for a cup of tea in my Nana's house. You know, I I can dance. I can, I can, you know, I can assimilate into a hood black culture because that's the culture I was raised in. You know, there's the only places I don't feel safe or adaptable is an entirely white American space, which is weird because I was born here. But I always feel like we have a, we have a little bit richer of an experience because we do get access to multiple cultures. And that's, that's what is so fun about, you know, we got a lot we can learn and, and decide and adopt for our own families. You know, I mean, I'm not going to have kids, but, um, you know, you have children, you can decide which part of your cultures you love the most and can share with them. And, and that will kind of inform and enrich who they are. I think it's awesome. I love being mixed. Yeah, I, I pray for my kids because they're going to be in a whole different world than I am. They're going to have a lot of stuff to learn. All right. Well, why don't you share everybody uh, your show, how to how to listen to your show, how to find you, social media and everything like that. All right. So you can find my show. It is S-T-A-R-T-D-I-S. All one word. It's it's for start a discussion. That's how we learn. That's what the show's about. Uh, my little tagline is, it is the show for people of conscious who like to learn a little bit about everything. So you'll find yes. a little bit about everything on there. We go deep, uh, we get weird, and uh, we don't get censored. So you can find it pretty much on anywhere you find podcasts. I'm working on Pandora right now, so you're not going to find it there, but minus okay. Pandora, you'll find it anywhere. And I am um, working on right now some practicing some voice talent work. So if you want to help me with that audience, I do uh, I do shout outs and you can see how Check that out on Patreon if you are a star student. It's all education themed. So if you become a star student, I shout you out at the end of the show in a random voice or accent of your choice uh, <laughs> if so you become fun. a teacher's pet. So you can go ahead and check that out. It's S-T-A-R-T-D-I-S. So thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. your time. No, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. And I, I mean, I also appreciate that you shared things that you said you hadn't talked about before in other spaces, because that I'm sure that resonates with with other people that are listening. So thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really looking forward to it. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Johnson. Music is by David Bogan, The One. And if you like what you heard on Militantly Mix, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.